0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast.
2: Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's
1: move on to the Browns. Deshaun Watson, seventh round, QB9 off the board. I think Deshaun Watson has a lot of upside. For where he's being drafted right now. I think QB9 is already assuming he's gonna take a little bit of a jump from last year because he was not a QB1 last year. You, you could right. hardly start Deshaun Watson last year. You Actually, you could not start Deshaun Watson last year, but apparently he's looking like himself in OTAs, mm-hmm. he's looking like the old Deshaun Watson. And he mentioned that you know last year was a little, little bit of a struggle for him learning the new offense, and obviously the the off-the-field stuff had to play a role as well. Uh, But seventh round, you know, I I like his price. I think if you're shooting for upside, like I'll say this, I think I'd rather draft – like if Deshaun Watson is going in the seventh and then Joe Burrow is going in the fifth, I'd rather wait for Deshaun Watson in the seventh round. Um Now, in right. home leagues, you likely won't have to take him that early. In home leagues, he'll, he's probably going the ninth or tenth round. In underdog, he's going the seventh because there's a lot of stacking that people like to do, right? So Amari Cooper is going to be taken, and then you know yep. wherever draft that Amari Cooper is going to be desperately want, who's they're going to desperately want Deshaun Watson to pair with him, right for the for the increased upside, um, right? So. If I can get Deshaun Watson in the ninth round in, in a home league, I think I'm okay with that. I think I'm happy with that because of the upside he presents. I still think he presents top five QB upside overall. Mm-hmm. He has the legs, he has the talent, and now he has the weapons.
2: I, I think at the very least, his floor is going to be enough that QB9 is not atrocious if you look at it in hindsight okay. at the end of the 2023 season. You know, So like okay. that's kind of where I'm anchoring myself with Deshaun Watson. It's like it's not going to be bad as long as he's healthy. You know what I mean? That's the whole... Case going on right here As long as the player's healthy None of these players are bad But QB9 It looks high at first But then I thought about You know they brought in Elijah Moore The offense is not going to be bad He's going to have that full offseason to work in He didn't jump into offseason The Browns offseason program Until like a couple weeks before the season started So of course he's going to struggle Picking up the system And it's going to look bad The first season that he's in Cleveland So you mentioned that Joe Burrow's Going that far ahead of him a guy going right behind Joe Burrow is Justin Herbert, a couple spots later than him. I think the risk reward that you have with taking Deshaun Watson over Justin Herbert there too is also the same. Um, Trevor Lawrence is a QB eight right ahead of uh, Deshaun Watson. That's two rounds earlier, I think. So yeah, I think Deshaun Watson is comparable upside to all of these guys. You know, I agree. because he's he's not maybe, going to be
1: maybe even more. Yeah, few these he's guys. not
2: he's not going to be running like Lamar. But we right. know the type of talent that he is when he's you know, dialed in. We saw that in Houston. So I think that you look at the board that way, the guy's ahead of him. If you want to shoot for some upside at a lower price, albeit with some risk, Deshaun Watson might be your guy.
1: I think so. Um, Because Anthony Richardson's going right behind him. Obviously, Richardson probably has more upside, but a much, you know, Wide he range doesn't have that course. floor. Huge range of outcomes for Anthony Richardson, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, he could be –
2: right. I could see him being one of those quarterbacks that has a couple huge weeks and then a couple terrible weeks where he's scoring like six, seven points, but those huge weeks are like 30 points. Like, yeah. I think he's going to be extremely polarized and you're not going to know what you're going to get with him, and that might <laughs> cause him to finish like just on the fringe top 12, and that's going to be fine for fantasy, but you're going to have weeks where it's just like bad. I could just see you, that you're happen. You're
1: talking about Richardson here. Richardson, right? yes. Not okay. not yeah. Deshaun
2: Watson. Richardson. Yes.
1: Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, moving on to this backfield, Nick Chubb, you know, without Kareem Hunt now, like what should we expect out of this backfield? Nick Chubb, obviously, a very good running back, you know, had a ridiculous year last year on the ground. was never really involved in the passing game. Deshaun Watson also was never a quarterback who were who, you know, dropped it down to running backs even when he had good passing down options uh in Houston uh guys right. who were pretty efficient uh Duke Johnson, Lamar Lamar Miller, a few of those guys. Uh but Nick Chubb now, you know, again again behind a good offensive line, this is there should be a good offense. Is Nick Chubb being undervalued this year?
2: Well, his price is pretty similar to what it's been the past few years, you know, RB6. He's going as a second round pick. I don't know if he's undervalued. I think that Deshaun Watson being a more dynamic talent than he was last season. I mean, he's going to be more dynamic than Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett's fine, but he's going to be more dynamic than Jacoby Brissett, Deshaun Watson is. I think that him making the passing game a little bit better is going to kind of balance out what Nick Chubb would maybe take on in you know the receiving game since Kareem Hunt is gone. I'm not expecting Nick Chubb to suddenly take on some receiving workload. I think that it's going to go to the receivers. They brought in Elijah Moore. They have playmakers. They said they want to use Elijah Moore all over the field, that he's been used all over the field so far in OTAs. I think that he could possibly take some of that short yard you know, passing game work that we presume might fall to Nick Chubb. I'm still looking at Nick Chubb as a guy that's going to just be a solid running back where he's scoring touchdowns, rushing for a lot of yards, but with minimal receiving production. I don't think he's under or overvalued. I think he's priced – accurately. I think right where he's at is where I would take him for the role that I expect him to have.
1: So, right now you got a guy like, you know, you have Saquon, Austin Eckler, Bijan, and Christian McCaffrey over him, which I, I would agree with. Yep. Jonathan Taylor is being drafted as the RB4 over Nick Chubb. Give me Nick Chubb. Give me Nick Chubb over Jonathan Taylor this year because of yeah, the fact a- that Nick Chubb is the guy at the goal line. Now, yep. In the co- we talked about this before, Indy, we don't know. Anthony Richardson could be taking a lot of those goal line looks. Not only that, also, the the upside in terms of the receiving game, huge question for Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor, right?
2: And Tony, the Browns Tony offense Pollard. is going to be better.
1: Sorry. Browns offense is going to be way better. <laughs> way better. Yeah. No, 100%. Way better. And then you have Tony Pollard. You have Derrick Henry. You have Josh Jacobs. You know, Josh these guys Jacobs are... are <laughs> I, I, I think I think these guys are in that similar tier. I'd rather have Tony Pollard because of that receiving profile. Uh, yep. I think I'd rather have Derek, you know, Derek Henry and I'd rather have Nick Chubb and Derek Henry this year, I think. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs, very involved in the receiving game. So, you know, at the RB5 price tag, I think I'm out on Nick Chubb. I, I like Nick Chubb this year, but like RB5 is a little steep for me. I think I'd rather draft him as like the RB8. And by the way, you can find my full rankings on patreon.com slash upperhand fantasy. All those rankings are there. You can see what's up. Because I don't even remember where I had him, to be honest with you. But he's right there, like, in, around that RB8 range. That's right. kind of how I see it this year. Um, you know, Jerome Ford Jerome Ford is going to be the handcuff here. Kareem Hunt is gone. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to add any other backs. Demetric Felton's after him. But Jerome Ford it was an interesting prospect because of the fact that, you know, he was, you know, relatively efficient you know he was able to you know have a, a decent you know sustain a decent workload so somebody to to keep an eye on if nick chubb ever were to ever get hurt if this ends up do, if this ends up being a good offense it looks like jerome ford is stepping uh into that role as the rb2 behind nick chubb now amari cooper elijah moore donovan peoples jones uh they brought in elijah moore earlier this offseason you know r.i.p to david bell's dynasty value um <laughs> We kind of knew who David Bell was. I, I, I didn't think he was going to be great in the NFL. However, his production profile was absolutely ridiculous. His efficiency profile was not. Um, so it looks like they replaced him pretty quickly. Yep. Um, but Elijah Moore, man, like he's looking like somebody that I'm targeting. You know, i been a huge fan of Elijah Moore. Wide uh, <laughs> receiver 46 off the board. Um, I think that's a, a really good value. Um, you know, on underdog, where wide receivers are usually taken a little bit higher, he's going in the eighth round, so you can expect to get him in the tenth, maybe, in your home league, assuming that the hype doesn't get out of control, and you know his ADP ends up climbing. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to really challenge Amari Cooper for that wide receiver one role. Like Amari Cooper at the wide receiver mm-hmm. 18 right now, I think that's solid, I, and that might even be a value. I think wide receiver 18 might be Amari Cooper's floor.
2: Yeah. I think that might be the case, too, because we look at what he was doing with Deshaun Watson. You know, he produced well Jacoby Brissett, and he came on a little bit at the end with Deshaun Watson. Assuming that these guys build a little bit more chemistry than they had last season, you know, wide receiver 18. Amari Cooper's still a good receiver. He, You know, he's going to get those targets, like you said. I think if anyone, if there's any receiver that Deshaun Watson is going to dial into, it's going to be Amari Cooper. Um, So I, I think that having Elijah Moore there might even help his price. It has to have taken it down a little bit. You know what I mean, from where it might have been. I, I wasn't watching where he came down from. It probably wasn't much higher. But him at wide receiver 18, Amari Cooper, uh, I, I'm giving the green light for that pick, 100%. Um, yeah. Elijah Moore. Sorry, go ahead. No, please, Elijah Moore. Yeah, Elijah Moore at wide receiver 46. You know, it's it looks like a pretty good value. Assuming that he gets used all over the field, that's going to be good. I don't know. Do you think Dominic Peoples-Jones is just going to kind of, like, go away? Like – I don't really see that. uh, (laughs) I think that's going to be like the X factor for Moore's value. Obviously they play different roles on the offense. Moore might be playing more slot. Don Peoples Jones might be more on the outside, but only one person can get targeted on a play. And Don Peoples Jones, he's nothing to sneeze at. You know, he was being targeted last season.
1: He had a good role last year and he's going off the board uh, in the 14th round as a wide receiver 72. So, you know, you do have to pay attention to that. Now, I think Elijah Moore is a more dynamic receiver. He's going to be coming out of the slot, play as the flanker. I think he fits that role a little bit more, you know, a little bit better. I, I do think yeah. that I, I could see him getting more targets. I think DPJ was really, he was good last year, but I think I don't think he has the the talent or the profile to exceed what he did last year. I think that was kind of his ceiling. So I think with Moore coming in and providing legit, you know, target competition between those two guys, I, I think Moore is the guy I'd rather have, just has more upside to me, yeah. you know, as a more dynamic receiver. And it seems like the Browns really want to get a lot out of Elijah Moore um, from all the OTA reports. Now, I will say that, you know, DPJ has looked really good in in, uh, in OTAs as well. So mm-hmm. I agree with you that, you know, maybe we shouldn't be just assuming that Elijah Moore is the wide receiver too right now. Um, I think we should continue to monitor the situation. Um, right. But if I'm picking today, You know, as who I'm betting on, I think it's going to be Elijah Moore between those two guys. Right.
2: I, I hear you. I think Elijah Moore should be the wide receiver too, as well. But I think that my the question for me comes down to: Is Elijah Moore going to produce at that much higher of a level than DPJ? Maybe even especially early on, to the point where I'm taking him. You know, 30 spots. You know, all these rounds higher than DPJ. You know, I I think that. That discrepancy might not reflect the current difference in ADP come the football regular season. Um, I think Elijah Moore is a better talent, but I'm just wondering if that is going to be something that we see kind of cash in. We're going to see that Elijah Moore does have more, all these more targets and all these more yards than DPJ to the point where it's worth taking him as high as we were taking him. And obviously it's relative. If you look down the board, wide receiver 46, that's pretty cheap for Elijah Moore for what he can be. But then you also look down the board, it's like, is it going to be that much of a difference in production when I can get DPJ many rounds later in the 14th round? That's the only question for me.
1: If, if there's no, if there's not much of a difference between those two guys, that probably means that neither of them are fantasy relevant. Because right. it's like, you know, is, is Deshaun Watson going to be able to prop up three wide receivers for fantasy? You know what I mean? It's, I think it's either going to be two or one. It's a fair question. not three, yeah. you know? But I hear you, uh, and then you have David Njoku going off the board as a tight end nine in the ninth round. I'd rather wait one spot and then grab Pat Fryermouth, like what, what we've been saying, as a tight end ten. Um, yeah. But I think Njoku also can be solid. But again, bringing in more target competition, I think it might be a little bit tough for David Njoku to be that like steady tight end that he was last year. Um, you know, before he ended up getting hurt. Um, yeah, that's my only issue with with David Njoku. Lamar Jackson going off the board as a QB four. I'm big on Lamar this year, man. I really am. Like I I think with this new offensive scheme with Todd Munkin coming in, it's going to be passed first, but so why is that good for Lamar? I think it's good for Lamar because he has better weapons, right? He has a flowers. Mm -hmm. Now he has OBJ, you know, even if it's like 65, 70% of what OBJ used to be, I think, I think it's an upgrade still. He has Rashad Bateman coming back. Now I, I would normally be high on Rashad Bateman and I think if I had to bet on any of these wide receivers for the Ravens it would be Rashad Bateman I mean Lamar Jackson just called him his wide receiver one right but he is coming off that foot injury and I'm a little concerned that the foot injury is going to linger into this year I think in 2024 he's going to surprise a lot of people man I think a lot of people don't know what Rashad Bateman is capable of check out Matt Harmon's reception perception on Rashad Bateman from his rookie year you would be surprised at how good this guy could potentially be. Like, we're talking potential alpha wide receiver one type of potential here. I think the foot injury, though, is going to limit him. For, and if right. we're going into a pass-first offense, it could be more targets available, and Rashad Bateman could potentially see 130, 140 targets at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this year because of that foot injury. Say Flowers coming in. The guy I think I'm targeting is just Mark Andrews. Like I think Mark Andrews ends up being <laughs> the guy to target. In this offense, right? Um, I know I'm going all over the place on this team, but like, you know, that's I feel like he's gonna end up being Lamar's favorite target. And if this is gonna be a pass first offense, like the Mark Angels might even be more consistent. Now, going back to Lamar real quick, why is it better that this is a pass first offense? Now, I think less overall rushing attempts for this entire offense means that these running backs, you know, I think it's gonna be you know diluted it's not going to be as diluted as it used to be right mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson when he's when he's rushing the ball like 15 times like in one game like that happens we see that happen so many times in his career sure he's going to give you that rushing yards and I love it the design rushes are great I think those design rushes are still going to be there however more dropbacks means more scrambles and yep. If if you want Lamar Jackson to scramble, I think that's when the defense is off guard. Off guard, they think it's a pass play, and now Lamar Jackson is going to scramble with space. I love that. Yep. Number one, number two, we never saw Lamar Jackson put up Jalen Hurts type of numbers. Jalen Hurts last year, why he why was he so good? Because he ran the ball ridiculously, and he got it. He made it happen in the pass game. Right? right? He had, a, he had, a, he had several 300-yard passing games. He had the passing touchdowns. That is the upside that I'm excited for with Lamar Jackson. I, I really am excited for it. So that's what I'm looking forward to with the Ravens yeah. this year.
2: With Lamar, it's not like we haven't seen that before. I mean, we got a taste of it. Remember those first three weeks of the season? 2022? Just last season? Three touchdowns passing, three touchdowns passing, four touchdowns passing. So that is, quick math here, 10 touchdowns in three games on top of two rushing touchdowns. And two of those games, he had 100 yards rushing. So there's your upside. That's what we're chasing right there. And I think Todd Monken can do it. You know, if they're going to be throwing the ball more, after, just for a little perspective too, after those three games, he never topped two touchdowns in a game. In fact, he only had one game with two passing touchdowns. Um, he never had combined two touchdowns in any games after that either, up until he got injured in week 13. So that's what we're looking at. It was a huge drop after those first three weeks we're not going to see that again from Lamar. I mean that things go well this season that all of the weapons that they added pan out, you know, Zay flowers being there is huge. I, I really like him on the Ravens. He just feels when they draft him, he just felt like he meant he was designed to go to the Ravens. You know, he's that type of receiver, but, um, Rashad Bateman, like you mentioned, he's exciting. I'm more excited about what he can do for Lamar than what Lamar can do for him. Um, I'm not as big on Rashad Bateman right. as you are, but, um, definitely not just going out my way to avoid him or anything like that and Mark Andrews you know we could see him come back I I think Uh, Mark Andrews historically you know he actually we did a post I think it was last season he had historically done well with Tyler Huntley at quarterback but not Lamar Jackson and I think we could see that script flipped this season with Lamar because if they have him throw the ball more like you said everything's going to be more dynamic they have the talent in Lamar Jackson do whatever they want those scrambles like you said are going to be huge It's gonna be a much better offense. I feel like we've hardly mentioned J.K. Dobbins, who we said we were gonna talk about. Like J.K. Dobbins, I'm excited for him too. You know, he's hyper efficient as a running back, and I know that you're pretty big on him as well.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, man. I'm huge on J.K. Dobbins this year. He's a year removed from that ACL plus injury that he had, and we talked about him a couple weeks ago. um, You know, when there was you know some news around this offense, but J.K. Dobbins. Has the talent, and he's a very young running back, and these are the type of guys that I like to, I, I like to target, right? I think there's going to be a, a a much bigger gap between him between him and Gus Edwards. I've been waiting for those offensive coordinator changes because I I think J.K. Dobbins will finally be unleashed. And we t- keep talking about the same point, which is he only had one 15 carry game his entire entire NFL career, and that was the the last um, game of this past season. So I'm in on J.K. Dobbins. I think he has the potential to see twenty plus carries a game, and I know people are going to be like, "Wait, you just said Todd Munkin was a pass first guy." Yes, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he's not on the ball. And I yeah. think as as long as those touches are like you know directed all towards J.K. Dobbins and there's no real like split between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, the older Gus Edwards gets, you know, the the less of a split this is going to be. Right. And mm-hmm. I feel like Gus Edwards is going to be an afterthought. I don't think he's going to be a fantasy relevant player this year. Um, and I right. think the market pretty much agrees with me because Gus Edwards is going as an RB 59. He's basically going undrafted yeah. right now. Okay. So this is not he's a way hot down. take. Okay. Yeah. Um, so J.K. Dobbins, you know, target him. This is going to be a good offense. He's going to be the goal line back. I just feel like he's going to be unleashed this year.
2: Yeah. And you mentioned, oh, Tom, Todd Munkin, he's a passing guy. Well, when you add a passing guy to an offense that's been as heavily skewed towards the run game as the Ravens have been these past few seasons, like, I don't care. You know, it could be 60-40 run pass, and still that's going to be more passing than what the Ravens have done, you know, the past few years. Another thing with J.K. Dobbins, I mean, you know, he hasn't had more than 15 rushes in a game whatever, that whole stat. Listen to some of these career yards per carries that he's had. On 15 15 rushes, 7.5 yards, 11 rushes, 6.5 yards per attempt, 13. 4.1, 4.1, 14, 4.6, 11, 7 yards per attempt. 13 rushes, 12.3 yards per attempt in the last game of his rookie season, that kind of thing. Um, this just this past season, 15 carries, 120 yards, just 8 yards in an attempt. 17 for 93, 5.47, 13 for 125, 9.62. He can run the ball. Like this yep. isn't anybody that's just like, "Oh, well, he's going to get the volume and that's what it's going to be based on." No, he's actually really efficient in the ground game. Um, almost comparable to Nick Chubb the way that he can do it. Um, I'm not going to call him Nick Chubb just yet, but he has that type of potential. Very, yeah. very good runner. Um, and if he gets any type of receiving work, that would be even better for him.
1: I agree. And with the, with this new offensive coordinator, maybe we see some more targets, you know, some that more dump awesome. offs, <laughs> you know, I think Lamar Jackson has a higher chance of scrambling than he is to dump it down. But, but I think Jake Adams is going to be much more involved in the passing game than he used to be, uh, you know, with Greg Roman there. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'm in on them. Now, b- between these wide receivers, like, I think at this point, all of them are a value. Um, so <laughs> I can kind of break that down. Rashad Bateman is going as a wide receiver 44 right now, uh, and that is in the eighth round. So that's I think that's pretty solid. I think Zay Flowers is going as a wide receiver 45 at the 8-9 yep. turn. So, I, you know, I'm not really targeting OBJ right now. You know, I don't know who he is. I don't know what kind of player he is is does he end up being the wide receiver one on this team i don't think so i think there's a higher chance that zay flowers is that guy than obj so i think yeah. zay flowers might be the wide receiver a target for this particular season rashad bateman as the wide receiver that target for next year um could i be overplaying rashad bateman's foot injury a little bit maybe um but i think that he is going to take a little bit of time to ramp up to at least 100 percent um right you know so i i but at the end of the day, Lamar did call him his wide receiver one. I do think that he is the most talented wide receiver on that roster right now. Um, I'm just like, it's just hard for me to gauge that situation because of the foot injury.
2: Right. No, I hear it. And for me, the way I look at this is these are all good receivers. Like you said, they might all be values. But when it comes down to this platoon approach where it's like everybody's good, you know, I think that does more for the quarterback that's throwing to them maybe then yeah. the receivers are catching the balls. So yeah. my takeaway from the Ravens having all these weapons now is Lamar is going to be yes. way better than he was last season. That's what I'm taking away from this. And each of these guys will have their games. I bet OBJ has a couple of games or maybe even a stretch of games where he's the wide receiver one on the offense, but it's going to bounce around. We know Rashad Bateman's talented. He just has to put it together, stay healthy. And Zay Flowers, they drafted him for a reason. He's a very good talent as well. I actually like him the most of these three too. Um, if I'm taking one for this season, it would be Zay Flowers. But all of these guys, it's just going to be such a m- much better fantasy situation for the Ravens than we've had in the past couple seasons where it's just been Lamar and then everybody else.
1: Maybe just draft Mark Andrews. I think that's the answer. A third round of Mark yeah. Andrews is the yeah. answer, I think. Just There's nothing that. wrong with
2: him. I mean, <laughs> none of these wide receivers are going to hurt Mark Andrews, I don't think, which is funny. They added a bunch of receivers, but I'm still looking at Mark Andrews as Mark Andrews. Nothing has changed
1: all right guys that's going to do it for this episode we're going to talk nfc south and afc south next week uh that's going to wrap up our division previews and then we'll get into some juicy juicy stuff going into the following week after that uh appreciate you guys listening thank you so much if you could subscribe to the podcast that would mean the world to us we appreciate it as always we'll talk to you guys soon take it easy
0: see ya 2400 sports is an odyssey company